Merry Christmas, wolves and sheep. Welcome to the Black Wolf 1230s podcast. And today is Christmas. Um, Starting a new series today. And this series is going to be based on real niggas. So, one of um, what makes me want to bring up the topic and thesis of a real nigger is is that uh, I met some strong homeboys in my lifetime, right? And I met some weak ones too. So. Let me put out the dirty laundry first, and then we're going to wash that up and clean it up. Um, Let me say something about uh, Super Bowls and barbershops. I was from the generation coming up. It was traditional. Guys hung with the guys and the girls hung with the girls. Everybody knew their position. Now, I started noticing that, um, put it this way. We had Super Bowl parties, but the Super Bowl parties was an all-guy event. Yeah, it... This is... um, An all-guy event was basically... uh, The guys would be in the TV room or the living room watching the game while the woman... We're cooking, tending to the children, uh, talking about shoes, who did the best hair, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, right? Now, more and more and more and more as time went on, right? Women were allowed the platform to join the dudes at the Super Bowl party. And what I mean is, it's like like this, like, the women would make that presentation during halftime. Serving the food, you know, putting their recipes out there on display. And it would be like, a gathering of everybody after the game. Well, the evolution of this is is that 
I saw this. I saw that women were starting to dominate the uh, Super Bowl party. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a chauvinist, etc., etc. But this was one place that we as dudes could bring bravado without no set guidelines. It is what it is. You gambled, nigga, and you fought, you fought, you know. <laughs> Property got damaged, oh well, that was the Super Bowl party. That's, that's it, that's it. Um, well, when I and my mate will go to a Super Bowl party, she, uh, she played her position and so did I, you know, and I, I know I'm, I'm saying this right because, um, More and more and more reading on social media that uh, people are saying this is there is there is no sign of Christmas today that they've seen. It's not Christmassy to them. They've never experienced that. Well, let me just give you some hypothesis or theories on what what led, possibly led up to that type of thinking. Um, maybe we were losing our roles uh, and our positions and what we were created to do. And I'm going to say this right. Not form but created to do. Not formed to do, but created. You see? Creation is existence. Formation is presence. See? See? There's a difference. So, First of all, on that Super Bowl party, the women were created to hold down that house. Even down from the electricity that's coming through that TV screen for guys who have formed a bond or a social setting. A social setting, camaraderie, brotherhood. What happened was is that I started noticing that the Super Bowl party started getting more and more dangerous. More and more dangerous. It was getting uh, between couples, between dudes and other people's girlfriends and Girls between other people's boyfriends, etc., etc. But it was always sparked 
from what I'm seeing is, is that um, when the women started being a part, an active part of the Super Bowl party, they started outsmarting the dudes. <laughs> Fact. And this is what happened. So go get your coffee. And I'm going to explain to you exactly how this process occurred. Where a sexist war became apparent during the Super Bowl party. This is just my observation. Hey, from my experience. So, tune in. Hope you got your caffeine. Welcome back. Anyway, um, how they were all smart in the dudes is they were coming, they were literally coming to the Super Bowl parties. They revolutionized and changed the whole Super Bowl party game. You understand? See, it would be dudes battling each other about facts and stats, etc., 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 and that was the whole bravado of it. Women came with their notepads, their laptops, stat sheets, etc., etc. You know what I'm saying? You know, down to which is you know they were calling on stats like this running back. Averages 3.7 yards per carry. And this hasn't happened since 1973 with such and such team, you know, and, you know, they were actually making dude look stupid as a mob, you know, where the guys like, man, just you keep quiet, yo. You're making us look bad. You're making us look bad, right? So, that's what I mean. Um, there was a sophistication and intelligence that was brought to the game. To not the game, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl uh, ambiance, you know. Uh, so, um, so to spin that off. I started paying attention because the thing is, you know, I'm on the inside looking at And most of the guys, let me just say this, right? See, I would attack the females, right? Especially when they would talk that gap. I was like, you know, let's go get a football. So uh, we would go get a football. Let's go get a football. For what? Well, you, uh, anyway, sorry about that. I, I lost my focus. Um, because you're talking all this stats, you're talking all these uh, situations, but 
you can't possibly know what it's like to play football until you've either taken a football hit, woman, so stay in your place. And that's how I control the situation. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Um... I left it at that, you know. People can learn all they want, you know. Um, but until you actually put it on them pads or until you didn't actually experienced the true hit. Oh. <laughs> of a football hit, then you could say you really know football. And this was just a chauvinistic, nothing in it, not to take away from the female, but you know, but just to keep y'all in your place a little bit. You know, that's the same way with dudes too. The barbershops. Barbershops as, as well. Dudes carry that same I'm not going to say ignorance, but that same weakness, the barbershops, you know, uh, used to make me sick going to the barbershop. First thing a nigga would always talk about what another nigga contract was. What does that man's contract, how does LeBron James contract better you? Hmm. How about this? Let's talk about how, what LeBron James had to do to receive that contract. Hmm? Let's talk about him waking up in early parts of the morning, training, working out, perfecting his art. Yeah, let's talk about that. Before, let's talk about before the contract came. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, um, come up real niggas. See, that's that's what a real nigga think about. It's like a real nigga is not just looking at your status and when you're at. Real niggas looking at the fact is how'd you get there? what things you had to say yes to and what things you had to say no to, what type of disciplines, you know. So, real nigga. So, now, Let me say my ex. We were at a Super Bowl party and um, um, the Redskins was playing. And that was their home team. So um, they were playing a team that um, dude started 
talking cocky. This is going to happen. Yo ain't going to be able to throw it here or whatever, this and that. I kept quiet. A fool and his money shall soon be parted. I was like, but I don't know. Slim can throw. He doesn't have to throw. The quarterback does not have to throw the ball 10 to 20 yards to achieve that touchdown. He 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 has where he can, as long as he's getting five, three to five yards every play, even including with the handoff as far as running. It may take about 12, 13 different plays, but they, they get the job done. Man, you don't know what you're talking about. Let's, uh, let's, come on, let's put some money on it, partner. All right. Okay. That's $20. Okay. I wound up being right. Do you know that whole... Super Bowl party came after me as I was wrong for taking that chump money. (laughs) (laughs) Them girls had a meeting with my ex and was like, look, you know, he gonna have to go. You can stay, but he gonna have to go. And he should get the money back. So, I asked gonna say, why don't you give him his money? I said, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I said, you know what? He was a sucker anyway, so here you go. Hey. <laughs> I, I, Anyway, so we're going to say that, right? So we're going to continue this series of real niggas, right? One of the realest niggas I ever, uh, I I was fortunate to work with. uh, (laughs) And, um, his name was Bishop Don Wong, the poor woman's dream. This nigga was my dog. <laughs> Coffee refill. Come back. Welcome back. Okay, we're on about uh, my co-worker homie, uh, Bishop Don Wong, right? Let me tell you something about Don Juan. <laughs> I'm just going to break y'all in with some stuff. I learned a lot of lessons from Don Juan, y'all. The bishop. All right. We started off. When, when, he, when he started working at the job, see, I worked at a... a pathology lab and the ratio was like one man to 15 women 
that's how, you know, the hundred women dominated. So, you know, it, it was a smorgasbord of booty. You know, uh, smorgasbord of emotions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, the streets is real. <laughs> so Bishop Don Juan come up in there, right? See? And that one was up on Bishop Don Juan. Bishop Don Juan, he had, man, dude. Dude, <laughs> dude had game. I, it was so comical, right? See, let me tell you something. I ain't never been no hater, yo. You know what I'm saying? I hated the game, right? <laughs> See, because I always was in a relationship, so I was really thirsty. I was really thirsty. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God, you know. Um, and um, Bishop Don Juan came up in that mall, so we started hanging out. I mean, I... Man, he made work so fun, yo, because he was real. The stuff he was saying, yo, he's like, man, he said, the thing is, is I'm a poor woman's dream. <laughs> <laughs> the bishop called himself the poor woman's dream, Bishop Don Juan. And you know what? From that time on work, yo, bishop. He was the bishop to me, man. So one day, whatever, right? We started talking. And I was like, yo, when you start talking about certain people, so you know, this and that, I said, yo, how you know about this? How you know about that? Like, he's like, nigga, I know who you are. <laughs> he's like, I know who you are. I knew who you were before you got up in here, right? So I was like, really? I was like, yo, you know, it's like, I know who your peoples are. Your peoples and my peoples ran together and stuff like that. I was like, damn. All right, that's cool. I said, you know what? What we're gonna do is, I said, you know what? We're gonna hang out tonight, right? And so, we will hang out. I would take him to a spot, spot of mine. And then afterwards, we would go, uh, we go get something to eat. Well, when we go get something to eat, uh, my baby mother worked at this McDonald's. At McDonald's, she worked up. She worked up. Uh, so by the time we got out from the hangout spot, before five o'clock, whatever this and that, I was like, you know, let me uh, drove up to the Bob, uh, excuse me, McDonald's, or whatever this and that, and um, I ordered. I will order uh, 
bacon, egg, cheese, biscuit. Uh, I like the biscuits. I didn't like the only time I didn't like the egg McMuffins too tough. Bacon, egg, cheese, biscuits, the, the, the extra hash browns, the orange juice. Of course, you know I had to get the coffee, right? So, my man Don, I'm going to say Bishop Don Wong, he, uh, he ordered, uh, he just basically had the uh, hash browns and um, orange juice and coffee or whatever, this and that. So, <laughs> my baby mama, we paid for the order, because like I said, you know what I'm saying, I... I never used anybody to get anything that I wanted or needed. Never. Everything that I got, I always had to pay for. And you know, uh, that was that was a good habit that I had. So I damn sure wasn't going to exploit my baby mama. You know what I'm saying? Because that's my baby mama. I should get this and get that for free. And... So we got the bag ready. <laughs> the bag came through. The bag was like a shopping bag full of stuff. And I said, like, wait, hold up. I said, you, you, you think you got the, you think you gave me the wrong? I said, you think you gave me the wrong? No, kid. She was like, no, that's yours. Okay. We had some leftovers. It's cleared by the manager. That's y'all's. So it was like four or five bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits, some egg McMuffins, or like about eight hash browns. And I said, wow. When I went to the back, I said, wow, see, look at all this. I don't have to eat all this, right? So I said, um, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to go. We're going to have to go, put it this way. We're going to have to go through the alleyways and, and feed it. And feed. That's what we did. Well, put it this way: I'm from East Baltimore. East Baltimore, our main travel back then is you cut through alleys. Alleys was the best way. It was like a canal. It's best way. Best best way. It was quicker, faster. Uh, The Firefox, the helicopter couldn't catch you or nothing like that through the alleys and stuff like that. So, you know. Um, so in doing that, you make a lot of good friends throughout the alleys, like dogs. Me. So I go there and just throw them a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit or whatever, this and that. So that's what I was going to do, right? I was going to... Because I ain't believe in wasting food in the first place. So I said, yo, I gave him his, I gave, I gave the bishop his uh hash browns and his coffee and his orange juice. <laughs> and let me just say this, bishop is Islamic. Kufi and everything. You know what I'm saying? He he was due from uh South Central, he's, you know what I'm saying, Islamic, you know. Um, so I was sitting there tearing, we, 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 we talk a lot, I was tearing that bacon and cheese biscuit up, right?
He says, uh, I was like, I was like, damn, you should, you should, you know, them, egg, they, them hash browns gonna fill you up. I said, I said, man, he was like, man, he was like, you better give me one of them motherfucking bacon and cheese biscuits. And I said, wait a minute, hold up, dog. Y'all don't eat pork. He said, you better pass that motherfucker over here. <laughs> Bishop said, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad ain't teach us to teach us to starve evil, okay? <laughs> Bishop was off the hook, y'all. So, I'm going to tell you the biggest lesson. And then I'm going to let y'all go that the bishop taught me, right? One day, we, uh, let's just say, let me see, how can I do this? How can I say this? One day, uh, there was street business that was being conducted, and, um, Because the bishop and I was going to go out. We were going to go out um, Friday night. And the reason why is because, let me tell you something, the relationships I had was never overcrowding. The girl always had a girl's night out. And usually it was Fridays. After that, so that's the six days, you know, this and that. So, uh, the thing is, they just they just didn't like the time that I was coming in the house. But the thing is, the dudes I was hanging with, you know, they were single. So, they didn't even, or they had where they, they had control of their household where they can come in anytime they want to. So, and especially if I was having a good time, but I always called. Always called. Let know hold on. I'm holding things down up here. And they won't understand it because they know, you know, let me just say something. Women doing my time racing. You know, I ain't play around. I ain't mess around. <laughs> and if I did not come home, they were they were calling the hospitals, so or the jails. Um, so the bishop was like, uh, he's like, yo, come on, come on, yo, I gotta go, I gotta go with my baby's mama's. I mean, I gotta go home, and uh. I need to handle some business with my baby mama. I said, okay, cool. So I take him, I take him, I take him, I take him home. We pull up to the apartment complex and said, big, biggest day. Cars will be told, do not park here. He said, uh, he said, you coming with me? I said, no. They tow cars around. He's like, man, look, man, this is my neighborhood. They don't tow nobody's cars or whatever this is. Man, I go to my mother's crib. When I come back, my car was towed. 
was gone. I said, yo, my shit got told. What the fuck? I knew. I said, yo, you said that this ain't happening. He said, why you listen to me? And I learned a lesson from that. If it's in black and white, don't shy away from it because you've been wounded. It's all in the writing. And Bishop Don Juan said, he said, why did you listen to me? I couldn't respond. Like, I don't know why I listened to you. Bishop Don Juan taught me the most valuable lesson that I had ever, ever received from any mortal. Why did I listen to you? When I received the knowledge and the wisdom and ate from that plate beforehand. Why? So, that's the end of this episode. And this series is called Real Nils. And I um, just want y'all to know, enjoy, enjoy your holiday. Really, enjoy your holiday. Some people didn't wake up this morning. Some people opened their eyes and still did not wake up this morning, if you get me. So, know that you're loved. Know that you will be loved. Know that you are loved. Know that there is love in the air. Black Bull 1230 is going to continue loving you. Because the more I love you, the more I'm loving myself. Remember, stay peace out.